Because it's you know if you if you struggle with weight, right? Everybody can see that, right? Like you can't like if you if you have a real struggle with, with your weight, that's an issue that you know people see and they like you know maybe they'll try to help you with that or whatever. But if it's internal, right? If if you're good at putting up walls, man, I'm the best at putting up walls. You know, um, you can go a very long time without people knowing the hurt you have. And if you don't make it very intentional to like be known, especially with your spouse, right? I mean, that's like something I just didn't get for a really long time. That I have all these thoughts all day long. I'm, 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 I'm a very introspective kind of person all day long I'm thinking but if I'm not communicating that how is she ever going to know welcome back to the building better people podcast this is your host Charlie Lima I have Jordan Monroe on the podcast today he shares his journey and just opens up big time and it's amazing I hope you enjoy my name is Jordan Monroe Uh, I'll be 33 this month I'm married to Georgia uh, we have a daughter, Sedona, who will turn four next week. Um, I'm a, a, a mortgage lender at Legacy Mutual Mortgage here in town. And as of October of last year, we have uh, started farming flowers and vegetables. And we call our farm Base Camp Farms. I know a lot of the people here uh, taking advantage of your farm and, and <laughs> yeah. taking in, so I definitely want to get into fun. that. Let's start out with you guys got here how long ago to College Station? So we we moved here in um, I guess February of 2016, and that was uh, because of work. Or yeah, yeah. So I um, we were living in San Angelo. I was working at Crockett National Bank doing commercial real estate lending, uh, and, and that's the sister company of Legacy. And um, I had a relationship with my now boss, uh, and just just uh, we were friends and. and um, we had both been coming back to College Station. I, I got my MBA at Texas A&M after I got out of the Army. And uh, since then, we had kept coming back, and we were speaking to the MBAs um, and just kind of making inroads there. And so he asked me to move here to open up a branch for, for Legacy. So that was the whole... How long were you in the Army for? Let's talk I did about five it. years, yeah. So um, I'm from, uh, originally from Corona, California. Um, after I graduated from college, I joined the Army. I uh, did five years in the Army. I was a, um, a Korean linguist in the Army. Um, that so you speak Korean? Not at, no, yeah. So I, at one point, I was pretty good. Uh, and I, I mean, that's, that's a whole story in itself. Uh, I wanted to be an Arabic linguist. Um, and when you... Uh, so, so well. So, so the army has this amazing language school. It's called the, the Defense Language Institute. It's in Monterey, California. So I knew about the language school, and um, I was really interested in just kind of the whole Middle Eastern, uh, Middle Eastern culture. What, what was going on there at the time? I spent some time in Turkey while I was in college. Um, I went to California Baptist University, and, and, and one summer we went there for like a, um, a study abroad kind of thing. And so I knew that's what I wanted to do, um, but they don't let you choose the language. You take this aptitude test, and uh, I did well on it, and they have all these categories for, for, for languages depending on how, how difficult they would be to learn. And so I did well on the test. Uh, you know, at that time, we were, 
we were in Iraq, you know, the army was in Iraq. And so that's, I just really felt like that's what was going to happen. And as I would, because I scored well on the test, I assumed it would lead me to, to, to being selected uh, into the uh, Arabic school. But that's not what happened. Um, I got selected for the Korean class. So it's kind of a, uh, a change for, in, in, in thinking for me. So what does um, a linguist do? There's, there's, there's several jobs, and they train like every language you can think of. I mean, it, the, the school is world-round. It's, it, they, they train all the services there, and it's in Monterey, California, which is beautiful if you've ever been there. So I mean, that, was, that was a really cool part of it is being there for a year and a half. Um, but uh, So I was a, a crypto-linguist, or, or basically um, I, I worked in signals intelligence, um, and the idea would be that I, I would work with the Korean mission. Um, but when I, when I got done, I was then, and this is just how, you know, this is just big army. It's how it works. I was, um, sent to, um, a unit at Fort Hood. It was the, the, the first CAV. I was in second brigade, first CAV, um, because the, the first CAV is the, they were the, at the time, the contingency plan if, if things got really bad in North Korea. So they had to have Korean linguists. So, that, so that's where I went. Um, and they're like, great, we're so glad you learned Korean, let's go to Iraq, you know? So I, I, w I never did that job. Um, and so, you know, there's the nature of like cramming something like the Korean language into your brain really quickly over a year and a half, and then switching gears to, to do something different. Um, you know, it just kind of naturally just kind of So did of you know while you were in college that you wanted to go to the Army, or was that kind of a last-minute decision? That is, uh, yeah, it was more like a last-minute decision um, in my poor family. Um, it was kind of a total shocker to them. Um, I don't know. I mean, at the time, I just, um, I was playing baseball. I played baseball in high school, and I played baseball in college, and I knew that was coming to an end. I knew I wasn't going to go on to the next level. And I was studying accounting, and I was like, "Man, senior, I do." I was just like, "I don't want to be an accountant. I'm not ready for that," you know. Um, and I, I mean, just like internally, it just seemed something. It just seemed really important to do, to to, to join the army. And, and I mean, because you uh, wanted to serve, because you wanted yeah, to help. Yeah, um, that was part of it. I mean, they paid my student loans. That was a big part of it. But I, at the end of the day, I just like I wanted to go to the language school. I really. I mean, I, there there was no one reason. It was just like, in, like it's something I had always kind of thought about. Like, yeah, to serve in the military—that's a really honorable thing. And, and, and you know, I was, um, I thought that would be really amazing. But it, it was not something I really thought seriously about until the second half of my my senior year in college, where I, I really started thinking hard about it, and then made the decision to to join. Um, and so, like, pretty soon after I graduated, yeah, I was... I and was then what off. led you to want to go get an MBA after... That was more of just because I didn't know what I was going to do next. You know, I, I mean, I knew I was... When I was getting out of the Army, I wasn't going to continue doing what I was doing. Working, it was a lot of, like, um, you know, the, those linguists or the signals intelligence guys, they either go work for the NSA or, or, or maybe the FBI, something like that, um, or they go find something totally different. There's not a whole lot of private industry for, for guys doing stuff like that. Um, and so I was, you know, at that point I was, uh, I had been in Texas since 2009 and uh, I, I married Georgia and um, I really liked Texas. Um, 
but I didn't know what I was going to do next. So I started looking at, you know, I, I knew I wanted to go back to school, which would give me some time to figure that out. That would give me some time to figure out what was going to be the next step. Um, and so I was going to look at, you know, most of the schools in Texas, but when I called A&M, they were like, oh, you're a veteran? Please come here. Like, they were just so accommodating. Like, just, like it immediately felt like, that's where I want to go. You know, that, that was, um, so A&M ended up being the only school I applied to. And um, so we moved down, uh, down here for that year and a half, that the program's a year and a half. While I was going to school, I started working for, for the bank. Um, and um, This was like 2009, 10? No, so I got out of the Army in two, the end of 2011. Okay. And so 2012, I was going to school. And then I graduated from A&M in the, uh, December of 13. Okay, and then y'all left. Mm-hmm. Then we, we left back. and we went to San Angelo. We didn't have any intention to come back. Like we loved our time here, but it was not, not like, you know, wouldn't it be great if we go back to College Station? That was not a conversation we had. Um, but it, you know, then then there we are, like eighteen months later. Hey, let's move to College Station. So, wow. um, I guess it was maybe like maybe, yeah, getting close on. No, it was more than that. So we're you know you, you mentioned you played college baseball, mm-hmm. high school baseball, so mm-hmm. you're an athlete. Yeah. Majority of your life, I mean, was baseball yeah. your thing? Yeah, it was definitely, I mean, it was what I played. Um, I, I, I always have loved team sports. Um, and I was, I was pretty good at baseball. Um, I, you know, I went to California Baptist University, which they're, they're D1 NCAA now, but when I was there, they were an NAIA school. Okay. Right, so they played the other Christian schools in Southern California, and then you know, some, uh, we would play like Division II NCAA teams. Um, and they've grown a, uh, a ton since I was there. They've grown a lot. Um, but it was, a, yeah, so it was a small school. Um, I got lots of playing time. Um, it's funny looking, but now that, like, what, <laughs> what I didn't know then was that, like, uh, like, CrossFit has taught me how weak I was. <laughs> right? Like, uh, like fitness, like the idea of fitness, that was not something I was thinking about. Like, I loved practicing baseball, right? I loved the sport. Um, and so, um, look at me, I'm sure a lot of former athletes say this, but I'm sure that, you know, I, it's definitely something I said was like, man, I wish I knew about CrossFit back then. Um, because I was just, you know, I was, I was a leadoff hitter. I was known as a slap hitter, which I hate that term now, you know, um, I was the get on base guy, uh, on the team. Um, so I was really, um, I felt like I was, I was good at the sport of baseball, but I did not have the strength or, or, or the power numbers to, to go on to the next level. Where'd you play? I played center field. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so I was just this, you know, I, I probably, I probably weighed about a hundred and 85 pounds my senior year but that's because I had really that the, the, the summer before my senior year I really committed to like working out or like lifting a lot of weights outside of just what the team was doing what for the first time what did that kind of workout look like back then I mean just you know bench just, press just, a lot of bench press a lot of <laughs> bicep curls you know um, not a lot of squats not a lot of I didn't even know what a snatch was until uh, the army that was actually my first introduction to CrossFit so was but, strength uh, and conditioning not a big I mean, thing it, for baseball players it, I mean, we did. We would, we would have our morning weight, weight, you know, we'd do our three sets of 10 of pretty much everything. But it was also like, you know, you have a whole baseball team in there and it's just a circuit thing. I mean, I don't think baseball, same thing with high school. We didn't focus on weights like the football team would, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the guys who were really committed 
And and and, and uh, CBU they've sent uh, several players onto the to play professionally that and they're succeeding. Um, but the guys, those guys, they were all like committed to the weight room outside of practice. The guys who were going yeah, the guys who were, yeah. But I I was just never interested in that. Like I, I loved practicing baseball. Mm-hmm. That that's where I would always like really you know put all my effort. But like the idea of like okay, I might go with a buddy every once in a while to go work out with him. But I was not committed to you know my own like really. I, I just had this idea like oh you know they're they're just strong. Right, they're strong, and, 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 and I'm not. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm the leadoff hitter. I'm the, you know. Yeah. And so that you know, it was just uh, that was just some short short sightedness to not think like, oh, I could really develop some strength if I would just commit to it in a did real way. Did that? Did you that perspective change in the army? Did you work out more? Yeah. Um, in the army, I got really into triathlons, and that was a lot of fun. That was more of just um, when when I was at the language school. Being a Korean linguist, um, so all the classes you would have multi it would multi service classes, right? So I had um, Navy, Marines, um, and Air Force people in my class. I was the only enlisted Army guy in my class because the Army was not training many Korean linguists. So there were other classes ahead of me that so I was in an Army unit, but in my class I was the only Army guy. And so you just I mean you naturally hang out with the other people in your uh, service. Right, so um, I, I, I was doing a lot of things like on my own, and so like I got really into running on my own outside of you know doing a lot of exercising outside of like PT with the army, um, and I started riding my bike. Uh, is actually I mean again it was just a beautiful place. So the Presidio of Monterey, where the, uh, the the language school is, on top of a hill, and you can ride from there to the 17 mile drive where Pebble uh, Beach is, the, the famous golf course. Mm. Uh, and so I was doing that on Saturdays. I, mean, I would ride, and it was just like this unbelievable ride. But I did a lot of things just on my own, or running long distances, or when I started swimming. So I was doing um, triathlons. I did get introduced to CrossFit while I was at the language school. I remember being in San Francisco with my cousin, and at this time it was like 2008. So I, I, I like that was kind of like the epicenter for like where CrossFit started, right in the Bay Area, ish, yeah, somewhere like around that. Okay, so a little, yeah. So, so I remember him telling me like this CrossFit thing. He was a fire. I think he was training to be a firefighter. And he was telling me about. it. I was like, that sounds kind of weird. Mm. Uh, yeah. And then an army guy was like, you got to try this CrossFit thing. And I was like, okay, I'll do a workout with you. And it was like, and I maybe CrossFit was more that way back then, but it was like we were doing. I remember the workout. It was. Um, Five sets of five deadlift, ten pull-ups, and fifteen push-ups, and we were doing three fifteen on the deadlift. Oh. And this guy was just like, you know, like terrible form. And I, you know, I didn't have like any kind of background in like training how to, or coaching coaching how to do the deadlift. And so I'm like repping out three fifteen when I should not have been. I was wrecked for like two weeks after that. And so I decided like, if you do CrossFit, you're gonna hurt yourself. But it was just like two guys in a you know weight room doing what they shouldn't have been doing. Right. You know. And then the next day he's like, "Hey, let's do some snatches." And he put that thing over his head. And I was like, "Oh, yeah, that's." A- <laughs> did you so after that? What did you did you work out more triathlon or did you? Yeah, I mean, I was doing some triathlons and I was really enjoying riding. Um, and that I, I carried that all the way into, like, I mean, I did several triathlons. Uh, you, you know, after I got married and then. Uh, up until I found CrossFit, I was. And it was you kind guys of, started doing CrossFit in San Angelo. I, I was, yeah. Yeah. Um, so San Angelo CrossFit. Okay. And um, so I I started right at the. So this was my fourth open, 
I had started at San Angel, so what was it, 2015? 14, 14 open was your first open. So 15 were in second, 16. It was, so 15. So 15 was my first. No, no, you're right, 18. So 15 yeah. was your first open. Yeah, so I started doing a CrossFit there um, in 2015, right when the open was about to start. How did you walk in? How did you end up going? Well, I went with a friend of mine who was, uh, we were co-workers. Actually, you met her, uh, Vanessa, who came here one day. So we we both committed, like, we're going to go to CrossFit uh, because we had, uh, you know, I'd always been, at that point, I was, like, really interested in it because even in the military, everybody at that point was, like, talking about how great CrossFit was. Um, So I knew it was something that I I would probably really like. You know, I, I, I understood the competitive side of it like you go and you're you know working out with other people and like you can kind of get that fix right like if you're a competitive person it's you know so i knew like i was excited about that so we went and so i was kind of talking I was like hey we should go try this and so we went and i immediately fell in love with it and i also that's when i, I immediately realized like i have zero core strength and like i was like oh that's why I, you know that's probably why i'm not <laughs> going anywhere with baseball is because i have zero core strength um and you know, a lot of people probably don't understand even what that means if yeah. they've never done CrossFit. Yeah. Because really, everything that we focus on you know, right. in CrossFit is from core to extremity. So right. it's basically, it starts in your midline. Yeah, yeah. You always people always talk about like, oh, that posterior chain, right? Yeah. I still maybe don't know what that means, but no, I'm just saying. <laughs> Chris uses it all the time. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it's like that that core that 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 core strength. For me, it always manifested as like as I could do something until I started getting even a little bit tired and then everything falls apart. Mm-hmm. Like double unders is a great example. And doing double unders, as soon as I get tired, like they just fall apart. But um, anyways, yeah, so... So, so you started at started, San Angelo, mm-hmm. did the Open, you mm-hmm. signed up, you were one of those people right away. Yeah, no, they, they, so they did, they, they did it big there. And, and I mean, you have to, like um, the owner there, Jeremy, he does a great job. They create teams. Um, and you have they have like a draft like there's a coach on each you know there was four teams and the coaches draft and um, then you get points for like like there's a theme and you come on Saturday morning and all dressed up and like it was really fun and so that's when I was really introduced like this whole idea of community right which has become mm-hmm. the most important part of, of it for me but it's like I know I well, at the time I assumed not every CrossFit gym is this way like this tighten it and everybody supporting each other and just being super you know you know really fun time but if that's what crossfit is i want more of that you know Mm -hmm. and so um so you kept yeah so kept going i was not going very consistently that was the problem we um i lived pretty far away 6 a.m i was doing 5 a.m back then because that was the only time that i could do um so i was i mean you it was like a two a week and then kind of got to like one a week kind of thing. So, it, you know, when I, yeah, I mean, I was not going consistent enough to, sh- to really see any kind of, I felt like, um, Did Georgia progress. jump on board? She wasn't doing CrossFit back there. then. No, she, her, her first experience was here with CrossFit. Mm-hmm. So you did it for two years before you moved here? Yeah. Did you see yeah. a lot of progress in those first two years? Yeah, I mean, um, as far as like what I, um, n- not my strength numbers, not so much. But I think partly because I just wasn't going enough to really see big gains in, in strength numbers but like I, I, I got double unders down and I got muscle ups down and ring muscle ups and the handstand push like all those skill work kind of things I did have most of those things down then like before I got here um, and so yeah I mean and I, I kind of think that like the, like the, the I remember the coach who taught me how to do ring muscle ups 
it was pretty early on. I was like, it was like my third week of CrossFit. And I, you know, she, um, I was like hanging on the rings and I'm like, I have no idea what I'm supposed to tell my body to do to get up. Like I couldn't, you know, I couldn't feel it. And so she kind of ran me through some drills and then I was trying, I couldn't figure it out. And she's, she was like watching me. She says, I just want you to do this one thing. And, and, and that was the, like, that clicked for me. And I was like, oh, then I could do a muscle up. And so that was really cool. She's like, nobody gets them done that quickly. And I was like, this is the kind of thing that I do well. But like, you know, the, the strength stuff, like that's, that's not something that. No, and I, I mean, even in the time that you've been here, I've seen you continue to kind of like put up some better scores. And I think you're, you know, you're at a point where you're very consistent now. Sure. So like transitioning here in 16, what was the difference? Was it, you lived closer consistency. to the Consistency, yeah. Consistency. I mean, I started going like four or five times a week. Um, and then it became like, and I go through these phases, like it sort of became fun. It was like, I wanted to see my strength numbers go up. And so... Um, what like makes you go from two to four or five? You know, like some people maybe get stuck in that two day um, week and then never increase. What what led think, you? Was it change of scenery? Was it yeah new gym, new new town? I mean, the, the the biggest reason is I was just so much closer to the gym, so that made it easier. I could go at six instead of five. Um, but I was just having a lot of fun. You know, um, it was the first avenue that we really started to meet people here when we moved here it was the first um you know it wasn't work it wasn't church it was really the crossfit gym where we really started to make friends you know um and then georgia started going shortly after i started i mean just a couple weeks after i started and so then we were starting to meet people together right and and, and uh, you know the, the young families that are here um and so that quickly became like oh, i want to go more you know yeah, and what would you say has uh, been the biggest benefit to coming more often? Like, go, you know, because there's some people yeah. that maybe do that two to three times a week, and now going into that four yeah. to five, what the, are some... Maybe different? the biggest thing is that, well, I mean, I don't know. One, one thing is that it just doesn't hurt as much when you come back after a pause, right? Um, you don't feel like you're losing ground. Like if you if you go and then you you come back a week or you know nine days later you really feel it, right? And so um, it's really hard to build strength numbers. It's really hard to feel like your um, your times are getting better. And I'm I'm a competitive person, so um, like I, I should give a shout out to my six a.m. group because they don't I don't feel like they get a lot of shout outs because you know, we're uh, the six a.m. class we're, we're like we're small but mighty I think but, you know and, and uh, uh, you know actually Chris always. Uh, he always talks about how like you have 5 a.m. which is like this loud boisterous like like super high energy class and the 6 a.m. we you know, we tend to be more timid uh, right I love the 6 a.m. Uh-huh. crew um, but um, my good buddy Brandon McGuire he, he and I go at 6 a.m. together and we're very, here yeah yeah well I mean it's just just through the six I mean he goes at yeah. 6 a.m. and he, he's in the army now so we yeah. have that in common but um, we have I, you know don't tell him I said this, but we have very similar, uh, you know, ability <laughs> oh, levels. I always win whenever we compete. But uh, no, um, and so um, you know, I, I don't even know where I was going with that. But oh, the the, um, the um, yeah, I just wanted to say that all oh, every time, every single in the time, class. But I but anyways, the the, the competitive the competitive yeah. uh, fun side of coming in the morning and just having somebody to like compete against, right, in a really friendly manner, like. Um, that's something that 
makes you I felt like, more. yeah, if I can't get there consistently, I'm never going to get any better. Mm-hmm. And he's always going to be on top of the leaderboard. I mean, no. <laughs> <laughs> so one thing you mentioned before we started recording was this has made you more vulnerable. Yeah. And so kind of give me a little bit more about what you mean by that. Well, I think that that's maybe the biggest thing for me when it, like, um, like one of the reasons I do CrossFit is not just because of like, it's not, it's not so much just the health benefits, right? I mean, like I've, I've weighed about the same amount of weight since I was like a senior in college. Uh, my weight hasn't really fluctuated. Um, certainly I can do, um, I can lift more weight now and, and I could, you know, run faster, all those things. But I mean, uh, the, the, the real value to me has always been that, um, I, I guess I'll put it this way. Um, CrossFit exposes weaknesses, right? Um, and we, like when we, before we started recording, we were talking about like being vulnerable as a person uh, with my, you know, with my, with Georgia. Um, that's something that I've struggled with. Uh, we've talked about how um, we've made it known that that we've gone through marriage counseling, and we're trying to you know ha- have a better marriage. And the biggest thing for me was um, I, I created a lot of hurt for her by not being emotionally available, not being present, not being vulnerable, right? And so um, I've been thinking a lot about for the last, I guess I would say, you know, year, I've thought a lot about like the idea of identity. Like, who, 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 you know, what am I about? Who am I? Um, that comes up a lot in my job as a, as a, as a loan officer. Um, I'm always trying to become a better, you know, a mortgage guy. I'm, I'm trying to be a better um, boss, a better leader. And so um, I have to constantly be doing things that stretch me and, and, and I can't just play it safe. And so CrossFit has helped me um, by almost on a daily reminder that you're going to get you know, exposed. There's going to be a weakness that's exposed. And um, when I think about um, I don't know. I mean, if you are the kind of if, if you're struggling with something that's external, right, that you're um, let's say you, you are struggling with weight or something like that. That's not something you can really hide that easily. But if it's internal, you can really you could go years without ever anybody knowing that because you can put up a wall and you could uh, you could go a long time um, without really being known. Um, so the gym here with all, with the way it, it, way it is, the way the community is, they want to know you and, and, and you then want to be more known, right? And so every single day, uh, I come in and I'm working out and, um, I'm, I know at some point I'm going to get, I'm going to get exposed and I have to be vulnerable. And maybe at the end, like the other, we did, um, Sevens or what was that? Uh, hero workout. Yeah, it was a hero workout, and uh, Selena was there, was there, and um, I hadn't been in a little while, and in the middle of that workout, I was, I, I mean, I, I was just feeling horrible, and so after two rounds, and I was already scaling it, uh, I said, you know what, I'm 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 really hurting, and so I ended up like doing a salt bike for for like ten minutes or something, and like it like crushed me. Like it really exposed, like you know, I was uh, just not feeling it that day. Um, but it's like you can't hide, you know. Like Selena knew I was doing, uh, you know, really struggling, and uh, Brandon was there, and, and uh, it's like, 
man, that, that feeling is valuable to me. That feeling of like, I couldn't fake it through. It was really, you know, it was really hurting. Um, and that's okay. Like I was able to, um, say, you know what, this is, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm hurting. I'm going to do this instead. Um, and, uh, that, that whole morning, like I think back with that, that was a really valuable experience. It was a learning lesson. For sure. And carrying that over into what you're describing as marriage, right? And Mm -hmm. relationships Mm -hmm. and, um, even with people that aren't married, but just, Having deep and meaningful relationships where you can be known mm-hmm. is is something that we all want, yeah. you know, and, and marriage especially. And, you know, you just nailed it when you said, man, I can, I can fake it out there, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and I can show everyone that maybe I'm okay, but internally I'm not. Yeah. In the CrossFit gym, you really can't. Right. <laughs> you know, you your really weakness can't. is... It's like the the eighteen point four right. is probably where I feel like was the biggest weakness exposed in that three fifteen deadlift. You mm. know, just mm. you know, you can make two twenty five look good. Yeah. yeah. But when you get to that three fifteen, it yeah. truly exposes your weakness. And for me it was a you know, I pulled something in my back on the eighth mm. rep and ended up, you know, I'm okay now, mm-hmm. thankfully. But what you're describing and living in transparency is mm-hmm. kind of what I'm hearing is this idea that, you know what, it's okay in a safe environment, mm-hmm. right? Um, the gym, maybe right. it was the yeah. first time you experienced that community. Mm-hmm. Um, for Alicia and I, you know, we got asked in 2010 by a pastor at our church that we had, re- we had just gotten married. So we got married in 2009 just started going to this church in 2008 and really we're kind of just starting to walk with the Lord, you know, and this pastor in 2010 said, Hey, I really think you guys would be great small group leaders. Would you be interested in leading a small group? And it was funny because I thought to myself, like we, me and Alicia both like, okay, you know, you weren't at our house last night when we were just going at it, you know, like we were just, you know, it's just like, it was, it, we were not the perfect couple if you know if there is such a thing which mm-hmm. there's not but mm-hmm. we you know we said yes and that began the beginning of what i would consider like really deep meaningful relationships you know yeah. and what's so cool that you say what you say is because the whole you know purpose and goal of the gym is to let that overflow into the gym yeah you know whereas somebody like you might for the first time ever understand what that means and now that's going to overflow into your marriage mm-hmm. right that's going to overflow into your relationship with georgia you know because you're it's muscles you know I, I, the same way that if we never worked out um pull-ups you get to the pull-up bar and you don't know what to do or you're mm-hmm. weaker well you know opening up and being vulnerable is a muscle that mm-hmm. a lot of people don't work out mm-hmm. so whenever they get into a marriage when you know Maybe one person wants to be vulnerable and open up and the other person doesn't even know what that means. It becomes a disconnect. And, yeah. and it's a struggle and it's a challenge because both people, you know, as much as one might want it more than the other, they do want that intimacy together, yeah. you know? Well, I mean, you know, it, it, it's it's a daily reminder of even like, I mean, some days I, I show up at 6 a.m. And, and, and I have a job where it's a very social job, right? Like, and I'm, I'm naturally introverted, but I, I spend a lot of time talking to people, right? And, 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 I, and I love that. But um, sometimes 
I'll show up at 6 a.m. and I really don't want to talk to anybody. You know, and I'm just like, okay, I'm here. Um, but they're not always going to let me get away with it. You know, <laughs> and that's what I'm, it's like, it's also, it's that, you know, that, t- that, that muscle that you're talking about, like, cause you know, you, you can only show up and just do the workout so many times, right? You can't come here and not be in community with other people. Like you, they won't let you, right? You, you, you show up and you can't n- not talk to people, right? And, but sometimes that's all I want to do. It's like, I just, I'm, I, I just want to work out. I'm not really feeling it. And, and, and thank goodness they don't let me get away with that, right? Sometimes they do. So uh, how has that overflowed into your marriage? Well, because I, I mean, I just think that, um, you know, I had this, like this epiphany, not, and it's crazy that it took me this long to think this through, but it's like, um, I, I, I think about things all day long. I have all these thoughts, I'm, I'm an introspective person by nature, and so I'm always thinking about, you know, just, anything and everything but I was rarely communicating that to Georgia right I mean I was I was just like expecting her to know like what was going on inside of me um which is impossible right and so um I think that's the thing it's like I um it's a daily reminder of like I mean I have got to express what I'm thinking and what I'm feeling um and now I've got, you know, I've got a four-year-old little girl now, and um, I look at her and I was like, I, I want her to know me, right? Not, um, I, I, you know, and and, and so um, that idea of being vulnerable and yeah, it gets messy and it's, you know, it's like feelings, you know, <laughs> you know, I gotta, you know, um, I just need you to know what I'm feeling right now. That is not something that I was doing well at all for a very long time. And, um, you know, we, okay. So you guys are signed up for the marriage thing. Oh right? yeah. Yeah. So the marriage building rock solid marriages and that all, uh, rooted in and, and stemmed from Strongman, which was last year. It was mm-hmm. a one day men's event. And we're going to redo the Strongman event, which is going to be focused on men. Um, the next Saturday is going to be focused on marriages. But that word, Strongman, you know, because you, mm-hmm. you just said something I think a lot of people maybe believe and they say yeah. feelings. Uh, yeah. You know, guys right. especially. And, you know, when you think, when the two words combine, Strongman, mm-hmm. immediately you think of like Atlas or Arnold right. Sure. You know, but what that whole day was about, and I think what the world might call a strong man is actually different than what a strong man actually is. Because mm. in my opinion, a strong man is vulnerable. Mm. A strong man will have feelings. <laughs> you know, a strong man says exactly what you just said about his four-year-old daughter. Mm. I want her to know me. Mm-hmm. You know, and that is just so amazing to hear you say that that has been something that has kind of occurred yeah. in this process yeah. right of working out at the gym right um and thank you for sharing that because i think that you know that somebody listening is going to yeah. be very touched by that or um maybe even uh be moved yeah. to have a conversation so you know if if there's somebody listening who is probably where you were a couple years ago, mm. whether it's in their marriage or 
that they kind of have all these things happen all day, but they don't go home and talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> they, well, and I would, I would, I mean, I would definitely want to point out then that like, you know, like sometimes when I'm listening to the, the, this podcast or yeah. other podcasts, like you're listening to the person being interviewed and you're like this, you have sort of this um, assumption that they have arrived from the situation that they were in, right? Um, but the reality is, we're all, I mean, I, I am going through that right now. Like that, that like, uh, I am still daily trying to figure out what what we're talking about, like what that means to be vulnerable and to um, to to to, to um, really get you know explain or, or uh, share myself with my spouse, right? And so I, yeah, there's probably a lot of guys out there that could definitely relate to that. Of um, you know, I would just say like you can cause, I really think you can cause as much pain, real pain. Um, by not being emotionally available to your spouse is, is you know, say, you know, so, something out there like so doing something horrible like an affair or, or, or you know, uh, drug addiction or something. Like you can cause that kind of pain by, by not being available emotionally for your spouse. I really think that. Thank you for tuning in today. Don't forget to subscribe to the Building Better People podcast where you will hear more stories of individuals being positively impacted by living a healthy lifestyle.